0: G'day everyone, I'm Rita Joyan, and welcome to Unbox Your Gift: How to Turn Your Passion into a Profession. My guest today has taken that exact tag of how to take your passion into a profession and created that for her own life. At 15, Rowena Cesarin McAvoy left home and just found this complete obsession with aerobics and realized that that's what she wanted to do in her life. Aerobics. Can you imagine? And so she ran away from home and just started working in the fitness industry. Fast forward years later, she now is the most successful businesswoman in Australia. She's been highlighted in the BRW Rich List twice. She's one of the top 20 richest people in Australia under 40, all because of this passion for fitness. It's an incredible story. I go into it in detail with Rowena about how she did that, how she had the courage to run away from home, create a career from fitness. But not only that, now that she has created all this success and this momentum, how she's actually leveraging that past her successes of the past, how she's actually been able to really leverage it beyond what she's been known for, but also going out to schools, going out and speaking to other people who need it in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, to their 70s, their 80s, how to be able to take what they love and monetize it. And if you're going to be able to relate to anyone, if you think you don't have enough degrees, if you think you don't have enough certifications, if you don't have something Rowena will completely obliterate that excuse because she didn't even have her high school certificate. She didn't even finish school. Remember, she ran away at 15. Listen in on how Rowena Cesarean-McAvoy took a love of fitness and turned it into a profession. She's the founder of The Max, a group of private and exclusive international fitness business colleges in Australia and New Zealand. She's written 18 books. She's the editor of Maximum Results Health and Fitness magazine. She's ran her 19th marathon in 2015. She's won a world body shaping competition. She goes out to schools and businesses and equips them with the tools to get fit, not only physically, but mentally as well. And by the way, she ran away from home at 15, never completed year 10, and yet she was twice on the BRW Young Rich List and has been in the top 20 richest people in Australia under 40. I bring to you the gorgeous and beautiful Rowena Cesare McAvoy. I feel like a very special person. Thank you
1: very much. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs>
0: you are an incredibly special person. And that is so true that having had an interview with you three years ago, it really you know when you hang around go-getters the possibilities kind of expand in your world. Even though you might know it mentally, knowing someone has been there, done that, changes the complete dynamic of your thinking. And I want to start by asking you, please, Rowie, which I love to call her, Rowie. My friends common? call me Rowie, so you better call me Rowie. <laughs> you got it, you got it. <laughs> Tell me, how did it all begin? How does, a, how does someone leave school at 15, runs away from home, and then eventually becomes a multi-millionaire doing what she loves tell me how it all started back in the day 14 15 years ago.
1: and I think there's two moments in your life two epic moments I think the day you were born is a very epic moment and if you don't think so ask your mother <laughs> uh, and that's why I think birthdays are so important to celebrate because it's the day you were put on the planet mm. and the second most epic moment in your life is the day you find out why you're here mm. and I don't, I don't think uh I think that everybody knows deep down, but a lot of people just ignore it because it goes against the norm or what everybody expects of you. I was very privileged. I found that out when I was 13. And I remember the very distinct minute when I knew exactly the reason I was born and the reason I was on the planet. Uh, It started when I was 10. My brother's girlfriend told me I was fat and I was. So I'm a real fan of people telling the truth. Uh, Some people fall down in a heap and get all upset when they're told the truth, but that was the truth. Uh, I started exercising, of course, because that's what logical people do when they're overweight. They exercise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. so for, for a very long time, I spent a, um, every morning I would wake up and I'd do sit-ups and side leg raises and, and all the silly exercises on the floor that try and burn fat off your body. And, of course, they didn't. At 13, my, um, I went to school in Melbourne, and this is a really important part of the story, simply because my father sent me to private boarding school to become a lawyer. And he had this, he had really, my father was, and I love my, my father's dead now, but I love him dearly. Um, But he was very, very sexist. He believed that women should, um, yes, be educated, but that was because they should meet a man who would then look after them for the rest of their lives. And I remember my dad saying to me, when I was only a little girl, he said, one day you're going to meet a man who's going to buy you a white BMW. And I thought to myself, I'm going to buy one of those for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. (laughs) Anyway. So I'm off to school um, as a fat little girl with pimples and buck teeth and I was chubby and, and I was bullied at school. And to cut a very long story short, two girls bullied me one day. I was 13 years of age. Uh, I went home after school and looked myself in the mirror, and although I was really upset because they had bullied me severely that day, and i just the example is they went around the school and they did a survey and they said if you like Rowena tick, yes, and if you don't like Rowena Tick, no. Oh. Um, I, I do respect that though, because now our kids are dealing with that every day, but it's on Facebook, you know, like, or not like, mm-hmm. well, that was simply exactly that. Do you like Rowena? And everybody ticked no, because these were the popular girls, the good looking girls, the girls that were good at sport, the girls that were really smart. So the boys ticked no, cause they want the girls to like them. And the girls were too scared to stand up for themselves, which is a big message in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody ticked no. So I went home and this is another interesting part of the story. I'm not a big fan of winning. I don't really care about winning, but I hate losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I'm losing in this situation. These girls are trying to hurt me and upset me and they have, so they've won. Mm. So I remember looking in the mirror that day and I said to myself, from this day forward at 13, you will become a powerful, passionate, positive woman. And I was 13. Wow. Uh, and again, there's the message there is that some people allow other people to control how they feel. I decided that I would become a power and control freak of my own emotions. So right. I would never let anybody hurt me ever again. And I was only 13. Wow. That turned into an opportunity to, and I, a very quick story these people came to my school and taught group exercise. It was aerobics at the time. Um, I went to a private boarding school where you couldn't listen to music and you couldn't dance. And We had an indoor sports day and these people taught us exercise to music, which to me was dancing to music. So Mm -hmm. that was the day I realized as a little fat girl that I didn't have to exercise on the floor. I could get up and move around and and I fell in love that day with exercise. And I promised myself from that day forward that there would never be another little fat girl with pimples on her face and buck teeth that ever felt bad about herself that for the rest of my life, my number one mission was to make sure that people were healthy, fit and strong so that they felt good about themselves. Now, physically nothing changed for me that day. I was still fat and I still had pimples and I still had (laughs) bucties. But I became a supermodel that day. It was so funny because you said at the start of this interview, here's a pin-up girl, and it made me
0: giggle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. That was beautiful. (laughs) You are. You are. Yeah. So I went to, there was two things that happened. I went to my school principal. So for all the teachers in the world, this is a really important moment. I spend a lot of time in schools now where teachers tell kids, be realistic, pick a career path that's going to suit your your mark or your background or what you think you can do. Um, I went to my school principal and I said, sir, I'd like to teach teach group exercise to the rest of the school. I think you must be paying those people some money to do that. How much is that? And he said, oh, we pay them $30. And I said, I'll do it for 25 Wow. Now, it was a private boarding school, so I really don't think they needed to to save $5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The important thing here is that he must have seen something in me that maybe nobody else did and maybe I had I could see it and feel it but he could see it in my eyes. So he said, all right, well, you can teach exercise school. Now, I only had two small challenges. So for everybody that thinks that life's full of challenges, this is really important. The only two small challenges I had, number one, I didn't know how to teach exercise to music. <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> I was 13. <laughs> and the second challenge which I've just shared with you is that the whole school hated me everybody had ticked the box 450 people at my school had ticked the box that they hated me so I had to stand up and he said yes you can do this so I needed to stand up a week later in front of my school it was about a week I can't remember the exact time and teach exercise to a whole group of people that hated me mm-hmm. and I found out two big things that day which you'll really understand is that courage is one of the most important character traits to have And I believe that courage is being really scared but doing it anyway. Mm. And I was scared to death and I had nothing to back me except that I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. I knew that I wanted to be a group exercise instructor. And I did. I stood up in front of the school. They paid me $25 and I taught exercise. I then went home to my father, which you'll have a great understanding of. Um, My father was European, could speak seven languages fluently. And I said to him, Dad, with a big smile on my face, like the hugest big smile, I'm not going to be a lawyer, Dad. I'm going to be an exercise instructor. <laughs> oh, dear. It went like this. In seven languages, he swore at me fluently It went, swear, swear, swear over my dead body. Swear, swear, swear <laughs> over my dead body. <laughs> so the other thing that's a really important message is that most people will tell you that they don't follow their dream they don't follow their passion Mm -hmm. because they're scared of not having family support and people tell them that they can't do it and particularly as you would understand family support it's like one of those if my family doesn't support me can I really do this Mm -hmm. so when I talk about I'm not I'm not proud that I ran away from home but to me there was no option because I didn't have any support so one of my favorite expressions is if you want to find a helping hand, you find it at the end of your own arm. Mm. So I looked at the end of my own arm, found my helping hands. And that, that is literally the story from the age of 13, that epic moment when you find out this is why I was born. Wow. Um, I'm now 50 and I've never done anything else. I've never, never had a job I didn't like because everything I've done has been to do with fitness and personal training and managing health clubs and education in fitness. And, and I just love it, obviously
0: wow you're 50 (laughs) you're 50 oh my goodness looking good girlfriend looking good i just
1: i and i haven't i actually haven't met anybody like me that's never had another job like that's all i've ever done um so when people have they tell me that they hate their job and that they they hate getting up on monday morning and they don't they hate their boss and and i just say well why don't you quit Mm. and people is if like how can you say that to me but to me that's just the logical uh you know if you don't like your job go and do something else you interviewed for that job you can interview out of it and say see ya
0: (laughs) beautifully said and Rory, you know you you ran away from home at 15 because you fell in love at 13 with dancing to music called exercise aerobics yes You ran away. What? Are, I mean, you're on your own. What did you like, How did it all begin? How did the career begin in the exercises All the uh, I think um, I'm not sure if you've heard this expression before. There's people. Who,
1: I think most of the people that we know in the world get a job. They work for somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other headspace is and that, that isn't taught at school because at school what they teach you is get a good education so you can get a job or get a tertiary education so you can get a good job mm-hmm. and get paid. I think that's the school process. If you're really privileged, you'll have a family that has a business. So there might be a bit of entrepreneurialism inside your head that you could have your own business. Yeah. Well, I'm not either of those. I'm an entrepreneur, So I've never started my own business. I've only ever gone into other people's businesses, seen an opportunity and made it better. And the, to me, the definition of entrepreneur is you treat the business as if it was your own and for people that are really scared about starting a business and don't have the money and this is a really great opportunity because you don't have to take that risk. The business is already there. Mm. But if you go into a business and you make it better, you'll always have career security. Um, I've never been paid a wage in my life. I've always been about paying me what I'm worth. So if, if I bring an extra $20,000 into the business this week, give me 10% of that, mm. not so there's no risk for the other business. So that started for me when I was 10, when I was the chubby girl with the with the pimply face. Yeah. A lady from my church said, can you come and help me at the Victorian markets in Croydon in Melbourne? Uh, sorry, at the Croydon markets, I started there because I went. ended up at the Victorian Markets. She said, I'll pay you $10 a day. So I was 10. I'll pay you $10 a day wow. to come and stand at the market stall and help me out when I go to the bathroom or you know if, if I'm busy. We had been there about... 10 minutes, and I thought to myself, there's another market about 20 kilometers down the road. Why don't you go to the other market? I'll stay at this one. It can't be that hard to sell plantable. And how about you pay me a percentage of what I sell here? So you'll take everything of what you sell at the other market and pay me a percentage of what I sell here. So can you see the mindset? I must have been born with that, I think. Mm. Um, but that's, I didn't start that business. I just saw an opportunity for me to make money rather than somebody pay me a wage. So I ended up, and I'm sharing this with you for a reason, I ended up getting poached to sell clothes and I got poached to sell jeans. And jeans was at the Victorian markets which was very profitable because it was right near the university. So here I am at, 12, 13 years of age, and I'm selling jeans every Sunday, and I'm making anywhere between 100 hundred and four hundred and five hundred and $400 and $500 a day, sometimes a $1,000 a day. Wow. So when people say, how did you run away from home? Please do not feel sorry for me. I ran away from home with a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it.
1: But it was all money that I had earned myself. So I knew then at 15 that I could support myself because all I had to do was look at a business and say, how can I add value to this business? Mm. And I think that's the big thing that people miss out on. They think they have to take the wage that's offered versus I can back myself and earn as much money as I want to. Love
0: that.
1: Love that.
0: See, that entrepreneurial, it was just... It just, you never read a book, Rowie? You never attended a seminar, a class? It just kind of came, dawned on you?
1: No, it's completely opposite. But I think, because my father had his own business, he was a builder, and he was really, his mindset was never, ever work for somebody else. You never want to have a boss. And the reason for that, by the way, and this is another story, and we won't go into this one, but my father was a Catholic priest in the Vatican in Rome. And he ended up with five, five children and got out of that. So he, he in his mind, the Catholic Church was the boss, and he used to say, never have a boss. You always want to have your own business. So I think I'm very privileged that that was put into my – it was never, though, as a woman to do that. That was only ever my brother was to have his own business, but not me. I was the girl. <laughs> oh, wow. And my role meet a man who had his own business so that he could look mm.
0: after me <laughs> yeah and thank god you were able to look after yourself because i mean look at you so you you work at the you worked at the markets you were able to find opportunities as you say within a businesses so you didn't go out and create your own business you found opportunities within other businesses yeah. that expanded then how did the career of, you know, getting into having a training organisation like Max come about? How did you really accelerate and make your millions monetize being in the uh, fitness industry?
1: Uh, I've got a and you'll understand this as well, I think there's three parts to being really successful in business and I think you have to get all three. Number one is you have to pick something that comes naturally to you that you're really good at without having to work too hard at. Mm-hmm. I think as, as we, the human nature is that if it's really complicated and we have to, it's really difficult to do, human nature is you tend not to do it. Mm-hmm. So for me, exercise and people and communication obviously came very naturally to me. I felt very comfortable with it. The second thing is I think if you don't do something you're passionate about, you're an idiot. I can't put it any other way. <laughs> if you're doing something that you don't like to do, People, we say that life is too short. Well, actually, life is too long. Imagine waking up for five days a week, 48 weeks of the year, for 50 years of your life, doing something that you don't like. I don't understand that. Mm. I can't comprehend why people will do that. So for me, when I, and particularly now when I talk in schools, my number one topic is what do you love to do mm. that isn't work? What do you love to do that you're excited about that isn't, you know, the normal run of your mill job?
0: Mm. And then
1: turn that, that's obviously what you're good at. It's what you're passionate about. Now, the third thing is the only way you can be successful in business is if you add massive value to other people's lives. So a lot of people are passionate about something and they're good at it, but it might be, I don't know, coin collecting or or playing a sport at the local area. But if you want to add massive value to people's lives, then, money will come automatically because people will pay for massive value.
0: Mm. So
1: the key there is to have a look at, okay, what do I love to do that other people would like to pay me for? Mm. And for me, that was, again, a simple process because in my profession, fitness and food and exercise is so complicated and so ridiculous Mm. that my, my whole philosophy has always been about how can I make it as simple and easy to understand as possible 10% 10% of people always exercise, but 90% don't. Mm. So how can I make the whole fitness and food process so simple that ninety the 90% group want to do it, not, not the freaky fanatics that are going to do it anyway? <laughs> and that, that's where it's become a simple progression from teaching exercise to being a gym instructor to being a personal trainer to managing health clubs. And then, of course, when you manage health clubs, you realise how few superb fitness professionals there are. Most people in my profession, it's about look at my beautiful abdominals and you only have to look at Facebook now to know that's true. Mm. It's a a real narcissistic profession. It's about how beautiful I look. But when you understand that it's got nothing to do with you, your business has got nothing to do with you, Mm. find what you're passionate about, yes. But if you want to make money, you have to add massive value to other people's
0: lives. And when you do that, then business is easy. That's, I love that. And when you say add, so if I'm, for example, Rowie, I'm in wanting to get into the fitness industry and I yeah. want to be able to, that's my passion and I want to add value. How would you suggest that value is added that's different from what currently exists that other people are doing?
1: Well, again, if you just, at is for all businesses, not just for mine, it's have a look what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. and then do something completely different. Okay. <laughs> if it's, it's really noisy over here because everybody's doing that. So then do something here. And that's just because my college is not for fitness. It's for fitness business. It's for people who really want to have a successful business Mm -hmm. in fitness. And that's usually the challenge with all professions is we're passionate about something because we're good at it, but we don't learn the business skills. And I think that's the most important thing is if you don't understand marketing and sales and communication and wealth creation, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter how much money you make. And up until I was 30, and if you ask yourself this question because this is a classic, um, how much money have you earned in your whole life versus how much money do you have now? That's a really interesting financial question. And when I was at thirty, I asked myself that question, then I had been to a seminar, and I had earned a ridiculously large amount of money. Ridiculous. But it was I was broke. At thirty I was broke. Because if you don't understand wealth creation and compound interest and saving money and how to how to look after your money, then you'll never have any money. So it's not just about being passionate. A lot of passionate people in the world, but you have to get the backup skills to make sure that you know what you're doing.
0: That's 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 a great critique of your own self. How much money have you earned throughout your whole life versus how much? Wow, I've never thought of it that way. That's and you can you can
1: actually work it out. You can say, okay, for this year I earned twenty thousand, and that year I earned thirty thousand, and that year mm-hmm. I earned fifty thousand. You add that up, and then say, okay, so what's my net worth now? And you work out whether I've got whether or not you've got wealth creation skills or not. <laughs> quick <laughs>
0: fast, quick fast. <laughs> I love that. So you you've have you, obviously have a, a business fitness college that teaches people how to have a fitness. How did that? Eventuate because I know you went from a fitness instructor to a personal trainer to a sorry, a gym manager. Is that what it's what, called? Cool? And then you started to branch out and do your own thing. Why did you decide to create a college? and um, I didn't create the college because I'm an entrepreneur,
1: remember? Um. <laughs> I've never started this on my own. Um, I was managing health clubs and the number one challenge in my profession and every other profession, when you have a business or you're managing a business, the challenge is finding great people. If you put an ad on Seek or you're looking for somebody to come into your business and work in your business, you're taking the massive risk. It's the biggest risk ever, Um, unless you've got a vending machine business because that thing's never going to be late and it's never going to be grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Once you start employing people, and I wish, wish people who do get a job would understand this. It's For an employer to employ you, they're, they're just putting their life on the line because you could destroy their business in a very short period of time by arriving late, being grumpy, treating people badly. The number one reason that people leave any business is the indifference of one team player. Mm. One staff member can screw up a business. Mm. So when you, when you're managing a business and you're now res, totally responsible for the profit of that business. And for me, I wasn't earning a wage as a manager. I was getting a, a commission based percentage of that business.
0: Wow.
1: So for me, employing people was really challenging. Mm. So uh, I then met my, met my husband who had a biz, a fitness business college. And, He's he's got a master's degree in exercise science, so completely the opposite to me. So highly educated and really intelligent, and and the whole exactly the opposite to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and but and he had the same challenge because he's an entrepreneur. He had started. He was the first personal trainer ever in Queensland when everybody said it couldn't be done. So you can see why we got on so well. Wow. Um, No one's going to have a personal trainer and no one's ever going to pay somebody to exercise with them. Um, And he just said, yeah, they will. And he then started a personal training business. But then he had the same challenge as me because once you have a great business, you can't just do that by yourself. You have to employ people. So he started a college because he had to train fitness professionals. So when I met him, it it was a natural progression because I had all of these skills and this knowledge and this experience in a profession I was passionate about and he already had a college. So it was about, okay, let's, and it was, it was a successful college, but it was only a little one. And I went into that with my entrepreneurial eyes and said, okay, how can we make this grow? So we did that together, which is very, very exciting when you find. And there was two things, and if I can suggest to everybody in your life, you should have a, a, a list for non-negotiable things in your life. So if you go and buy a house, for instance, you'll have a list of non-negotiables. I want a swimming pool. It must have four bedrooms. I want it. Exactly. We, know, we all have a plan. I'm going on holidays. The hotel must have a gym. It must. We all make plans, a non-negotiable standard. But a lot of people don't do that for their relationships. Mm. They go into a relationship because their heart's all warm and fuzzy and it's all exciting and all sexy and lovely. But they forget the list, and if you haven't got a list, you should have one. Now, I had two things on my list that my relationship had to be somebody who was really funny and really intelligent. And I've married the funniest, most intelligent man on the planet. So.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: I but love that. It happen by luck. People go, oh, you meet the right person. No, no, you have to have those, you have yeah. to have the standard so that you attract those kind of people into your life.
0: I remember you writing an article Roy very uh, just a little while back saying that the way to attract the person you want is to become the better person that you need to be fill yourself up first. Yeah. Well, how do you attract a funny person into your life if you're drop dead boring? Yeah.
1: How do you in- how do you attract an intelligent person into your life if you're not constantly learning and growing and updating your education becoming a better person? That person won't be interested in you. Mm-hmm. A lot of women say to me I want like my father I want to read, meet a rich man. Well, why would a rich man be attracted to, to, to you if you can't hold conversation and you're not intelligent? He obviously got that way for a reason. <laughs> so become the person that you're wanting to attract into your life. Become the business person of the people in your target market. If you want to attract great people into your business, you have to become a great person.
0: Yeah, love that. Love that, love that, love that. What's your mission, Rory? Because you've been doing this for quite some time now, since the age of 15, You've yeah. been working in the industry. What is your mission behind you know, keeping within the whole entra- entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial space and not changing careers? What is your driving
1: force behind you? Um, I had a distinct change. Um, and this might be helpful as well, I used my mission statement used to be to positively change the health and fitness of the world. And I lived that mantra. I used to wake up every morning and say to myself, today I'm going to positively change the health and fitness of the world. However, about three, four years ago, as you start to get more mature, chronologically older, you become wiser. Some people don't get wiser, they just get older. <laughs> I'm very because I really feel like I'm becoming wiser. And that that mission statement is actually ridiculous because to positively change the health and fitness of the whole world would have to mean that the whole world wants to be healthy and fit, Mm. and they don't. (laughs) It would be like saying, I want to get everybody wealthy. Well, not everybody wants to be wealthy. Mm. And not everybody wants to be educated. Not everybody wants to have a great life. Some people seem to be really happy with an average life.
0: Hmm.
1: so my, my mission statement has changed it's now to educate the people who want to be healthy fit and strong to realize how simple it is so and again now i wake up every day and say exactly the same thing my goal is to educate the people who want to be healthy fit and strong for a lifetime
0: <laughs> i love that love that and you know what What i think is so powerful with you rowey is that you constantly really work what i've noticed three years ago and I'm, what i'm noticing now is you're constantly working on your mindset even though you have accomplished so much it's not like you said okay i've arrived now i can just be on cruise control you are constantly accelerating you're constantly learning is is there something that you do on a, on a ritual that that compels you to be able to be at your game or your a game every day
1: uh, a ritual is a great word and it's probably it probably is exactly what it is um, people say to, uh, to me, Roy, how come you exercise every day? And I have never missed a day since I was 10. I've never missed a day of exercise wow. regardless. Um, and my answer to that is, do you brush your teeth every day? Mm. Well, we all do. If exercise becomes so much part of your life that you wouldn't miss it the same as you wouldn't miss brushing your teeth. And this is obviously this is my passion, but, I think one of the biggest reasons why people don't have good self-esteem, why they don't have confidence, why they don't feel good about themselves is because they don't have a healthy, fit body. And I know that because I was 10 and fat. At 13, I was still fat and I still had pimples and I still had buck teeth, but I felt good about myself because I was exercising every day. So once you exercise, and because they don't call it a runner's high for nothing, when you exercise, you get endorphin rush through your brain. It's the same as a drug high. It just has better side effects. so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I combine that. So I exercise every day, but I combine that with this ritual, and I love that word, thank you, which is every single day without fail, without fail, I I in my head go over my top goals and I say them 10 times. So I call them my my hairy scary goals. I say them 10 times, every single one of them. I say in my head everything that I'm thankful for. And one of those things is, by the way, I'm thankful for the, nasty, grumpy people that come into my life because they help me grow. And the reason I'm sharing that is that we're often thankful for the great things in our life, but I think the things that help us grow and make us better are the ones that challenge us the most, and I think we should be thankful for those. I think that's a headspace that most people don't have. Most people, when they have a challenge, it pulls them down. My headspace is, oh, look, here's the challenge that I asked for today, Mm. which is going to help me grow. So my big, hairy, scary goals, um, what I'm thankful for And then my, I have a a to-do list, I call it, which is my one-year goals, my five-year goals, and then my big, hairy, scary goals. And I say them every day in my head. I visualize them as I'm saying them. I've also got them on a vision board on my computer and a vision board in my, I carry it around in my diary. Uh, So when I exercise, I do that inside my head. So it's good time management, obviously. (laughs) So the the head space is look after your body. And at the same time, I'm looking after my head. Now, That's such a simple thing for me. And if I could share that with everybody, if I put it in a little pink box and give it to everybody, that doesn't cost anything. To exercise doesn't cost anything. You just put your shoes on and you go. And to say what you're thankful for in your head and what you want to do with your life, it doesn't cost anything. It's for free. But can you imagine how you feel when you've just done some exercise and you've visualised everything you're going to achieve in your life? And when you say, you think, do you think you've arrived? I'm only 50. I'm going to live to at least 120 for sure. So I'm not even halfway yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love it. I so love that. It's interesting that you say that, Rowie, because uh, I remember, recall speaking with you at our previous interview And you said to me, you know, A Current Affair called me up. By the way, people around the world, the Current Affair is a news topical program in Australia, uh, called me up and they asked me what my net worth was after you became on the BRW Young Rich List. And you said to me, you know, I didn't even know. The guy asked me, what's your net worth? And I'm like, I don't know. Can you tell me? And what I really want to emphasize here and I'd love you to share, is in business, just as in getting to a nine-to-five job, it's all about Generating the income, the revenue, the profit. But for you, the revenue came without you wanting. Your goal was not, I don't think, to be on the BRW rich list. No. But it happened for you. How does that happen? And how do you divorce yourself from the money, being money focused, so money focused that it consumes you, to just being on the mission and having revenue come as a byproduct of that mission? Uh,
1: What a great question. Uh, why do you think money consumes people? Why do you think that is?
0: You're asking me? Yeah.
1: Why because do you think people are so consumed with money?
0: Because I think it's the end game. It's the freedom. It's it's the lifestyle that it gives.
1: Mm-hmm. But for most people, and you know this even better than I do, for most people, they don't have any. Mm-hmm. so most it's like oxygen. Yeah, if you and I yeah. took oxygen out of your room in my room right now, we wouldn't be talking about how to live a passionate life. All we'd be thinking about is where is my next breath coming from? it would be like this. <gasps> that's, what my, that's how most people live their lives, with money. They're so concerned about where the next dollar's coming from. How am I going to pay the next house mortgage repayment? How am I going to pay for my kid's school? How am I going to buy the next grocery bill how am I going to pay for it that's the only consuming thing inside their head and then when as you know you become what you think about most of the time and if all you're thinking about is where is my next dollar coming from you then become dollar focused so even if you are in a business that you're passionate about when you sit in front of somebody to for them to be attracted to your product or your service, you're not thinking about how you can add massive value to their lives or how you can make them feel good. You're thinking about, I hope they buy my product so that I can pay my electricity bill. Mm-hmm. Now, if you understand anything about communication, you and I are talking to each other is just words. We can see each other, so we've got a happy smiley face and body language, but that's still not the big part of the communication. The biggest part of this communication is how our, our ethos, our, I call it your sparkly bits, who you really are, mm. and pick up on that. So if you're only focused on money, then when you sit down to sell your product or service to somebody, That's what they're going to be feeling too. They're going to be feeling to themselves, this woman just wants to sell me this product so she can pay it and they don't really know what it is. You know when someone tries to sell you something and you feel like you're being sold Mm -hmm. and we all hate it, it's like this hard sell sale. Mm -hmm. That's because the person who's selling it to you is so passionate about paying their bills rather than helping you when you are when you do what you love and you're doing it because you want to add massive value and that's those three things i was talking about be good at be really good at something be passionate about it but the focus has to be how can i add massive value to somebody's life so every time i've sat down with somebody to talk to them about their own health and fitness or joining the health club or or investing in personal training. And notice my my vocabulary. It's not about selling them anything. How can I uh, inspire this person to want to invest in their own health, not how can I get them to sign up? Mm. Most people hate joining a gym because when they go to the gym, the person selling them the gym membership is about how many. And I deal with gym owners who that's what they talk about because they've bought a gym to make money. So they talk about how many units can we sell today? When I go into that business, because I've done a lot of consultancy in other people's businesses, I say, excuse me, that unit is Mrs. Jones. She's 37. She's got three children. She's overweight and she really wants to join your health club Mm -hmm. because she wants to feel better about herself. If she felt that from you, she would join your gym and she would stay there forever But if she feels like she's a unit Mm. to be sold so that you can pay for your leasing requirements, she's not going to stay. If she starts, she certainly isn't going to stay. So to me, business is simple and I don't know why people complicate it. Add massive value to people's lives and they will want to buy your product. You will never have to sell it.
0: I I love that, Rory. It's it's. It was never about the money for you. It was all about the mission. It was all about the value, and the value gave you the leverage that came after that. It, it's, it's, it's in, and it's, and I think Rory, One of the questions that I get quite often is, is that they say I get asked this question. It's hard to let go of the focus of money, and refocus into yes, I want to serve, but. I've got to pay, like you say, I've got to pay the bill, I've got to pay this, I've got to pay that, I've got to pay the electricity or the leasing, or the gym, whatever it may be. It's the mindset shift of adding value to be able to recuperate the benefits of that value, which is the but if you flip
1: that, If you flip that back the other way, often people go into business because of the money. Yes. yes. If you go back to are you doing this because this is what you're absolutely passionate about, Mm. then that isn't the focus anymore. Most people, the job, I have to do this job Mm. so I can earn this money to pay this bill versus I'm doing this because I love it. And, I mean, I'm just a a tiny, minute example of that. If you have a look at the truly successful, wealthy people in the world, and I'm talking about there's two things there. Successful, they're happy and passionate, that they're doing it. And wealthy, meaning that they never have to be (gasps) about money ever again because they're so wealthy. When you meet those people, it was never about the money. Mm. Um, Whether you like him or hate him, one of the greatest icons, I believe, in the world for that is Steve Jobs. Every book, I've read every book, watched all the movies, everything. For him, it was never about the money, ever.
0: Mm.
1: Google and, um, and Facebook and the, all of those, the original dis- deciders of those businesses, the big idea people, they never thought to themselves, I want to become a billionaire, so I'm going to make computers, or I'm going to become a billionaire because I want to make a search engine. Larry and Sergey from Google, they just wanted to make the best search engine in the world. Mm. They were passionate about it. And guess what they did? Now, when you do that and you're passionate about it, you become a billionaire. <laughs> it's not complicated. <laughs> now, might, this, the simple thing is find what you're passionate about, what you're really good at, and where you can add massive value. And anybody that uses Google will tell you that
0: it adds massive value to your life. Uh, who, who doesn't Google? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I'd love to know, Rowie, you know, uh, if you could do things again, and obviously you are a, a huge... What can I say? I mean, and you've been in the entrepreneurial space for such a long time that if you were to do things again, Rowie, what mm-hmm. would you do differently? Absolutely
1: nothing. Because every mistake that I've ever made, I'm really glad that I made it because it taught me something. And that's one of the things that, I th- again, most people it seem not to, to make the connection. Uh, the only people who don't make mistakes are the people who are not having a go, So I can say, and I only have two regrets, you ready? And this is really important considering where I am. I'm in Las Vegas at the moment and I came here for a very special reason. Uh, On the 1st of May, Lionel Richie played in Las Vegas. And for me, as I've become older and wiser, when somebody is 69 years of age and they're still selling out in Vegas, (laughs) I want to see that. And somebody who's doing something that they're absolutely passionate about, the next day we got on a plane and we flew to Tucson, Arizona to see Barry Manilow in concert. Oh. Now the guy's 81 years of age and he's still, he's doing 21 concerts this year. This is not a man who's doing it for the money so that he can retire. One of his songs talks about how he sung to princesses and queens. The man's been doing what he loves to do his whole life. Why the hell would you retire? Yeah. So I've come. I've come that's why I'm in Vegas because I wanted to see those people doing what they're absolutely passionate about and I, I really believe that it, then every single day is exciting every day you wake up and you want to be alive because you're doing what you're
0: to do and I've completely forgotten the question because obviously <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> the question was would you change anything if you were to do everything again would you change
1: anything Okay, so of course the answer is no. Yeah. So if you have a look at the lives of um, and this year I've, I've also seen um, Tom Jones. We went and saw Brian Adams. Brian Adams has got a song and he talks about um, when I'm, I think it's when I'm 47 and now he's got to say 57 because, oh, that's right, it's, the song's called 18 Till I Die. Yeah. And now he has to say 57, he has to change the lyrics because he's been going for so long. I'm sure that everybody in the world has made a mistake. But you have to be grateful and thankful for everything that you've learned from those mistakes because if you didn't learn from them, you wouldn't have done anything. Mm. So the people that are going strong and loving what they're doing, they just look back on their life and say, look at all those amazing things I learned. So my suggestion is be really grateful for everything that happens and every time you make a mistake, and here's a great quote, you make a mistake once, That's great. Second time, it's a choice. You make the same mistake twice, you chose to make that mistake and that's really silly. So make a mistake and learn from it and grow and move on and be grateful for it. So no, I would change absolutely nothing. Nothing. The only thing I'm regretful for, and that's where the music thing came from, I never saw Michael Jackson live and I never saw Queen live and they've been my only two regrets in my whole life so far.
0: <laughs> They're pretty good regrets, i got to say. You know, if those are the only two things you've lived. A... <laughs> That's pretty awesome.
1: So the message there is if you have, if there's an experience in your life that you want to have, don't wait. Make sure you go and have it now because every day should just be a series of wow moments. It's and I was taught that by a rugby league football player, the guy, a guy by the name of Wayne Pearce in Sydney, whose sons now had some interesting challenges. But I learned that from him. Every every minute of your life is just a series of wow moments. You get to decide how
0: wow they are and how long they last for. Oh, I love that. You know, Rowie, I was actually interviewing one of the other another expert on this series called by the name of Sahail Khan, and he told me a story about his friend who was who closed a billion-dollar deal. He's in the oil business and he closed a billion dollars, right? So he's in, a, he's in a taxi and he's driving to go to some meeting and this is a couple of weeks after he's now a billionaire. He's 35 and he has a heart attack in the taxi, stone cold out. And what I realised when, when Sahel told me that story is he, he's lived in a mansion and had the Ferraris and Lamborghinis and he said to me, you know, in the interviews, he said, collect experiences, just not what you're saying, collect experiences, not the money. Because, mm-hmm. And I mean, isn't that important that you've, he reached the goal and didn't have the time to enjoy it, which I think is and, the baddest.
1: And I said before, I mean, I'm, my goal is to live to way over 100 Uh, And I'm just going to put that into perspective. It's fabulous at 50, sexy at 60, sensational at 70, awesome at 80, never give up at 90, and happy and healthy at 100 plus. That's the goal. Wow. But I might die tomorrow, you might die tomorrow. It could be today. The point is that you live every day with the the thing that you're the most passionate about so that doesn't matter where you are at what time in your life, you can say, I'm really excited about
0: every day of my life. Mm, Love that. Love, love, love that. Absolutely. And, Rowie, before I let you go, you've been so generous to us that you've given us a free gift uh, and it's a PDF document. Could you please just give us a bit of background about what that exactly is? Uh,
1: I've... Uh, this one of those epic moments in your life i remember somebody saying to me that you whatever happens you should aim to capture the moment have you heard that expression mm-hmm. which and obviously the world's living by that now because everyone takes pictures of everything and it's a whole selfie moment um for me i i get really uh, i'm a i am like words um sometimes you know when a quote hits you in the heart and you go yeah that's So what I started doing was collecting my quotes. Now, the other thing is, though, that I I think we remember pictures, not words. So I started putting pictures to words. So before, when you most beautifully said that, I have 19 books. Um, My books are all, and there's there's more than that now, but they're just a collection of pictures and quotes. So I hear a really great quote and I capture it. You know, when you you think five weeks later, I heard that really good quote, what was it? Mm. Well, that doesn't happen to me. As soon as I hear a good quote, I write it down and then I put it into a book and then I find a really great picture to put with it. So it's a collection. My books are a collection of things that hit you in the heart. Mm -hmm. So I've just given it's just one of my collections of books and each book has about 100 quotes and 100 pictures. And I share that because I believe that when you open that book, and for me I read my own books it's i always open it at the right page for that exact time Mm -hmm. like it's always the perfect quote and the perfect picture for that exact time so that's the gift and it's it's what a pleasure to be able to share it thank you very much i really appreciate
0: it thank you so much uh, because that's going to be that link guys to that pdf and that book of rowey's is going to be in the email that's been sent out to you as well as next to this interview itself rowey i just want to say from the bottom of my heart it's Every time I speak with you, I'm uplifted. Every time I speak with you, I get a boost of energy and inspiration. And truly, what a gift you really are. So I just want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving us your time in this interview. And I wish... I hope you're looking in the mirror.
1: Sorry? I hope you're looking in the mirror. Because everything that you... Look at the little picture there and have a look at yourself. (laughs) Everything everything you just said is you. You're a living, breathing example of everything we've just talked about. Oh, no. You're you're brain against the norm and started a business and doing what you're absolutely passionate about. So the pleasure's all mine to be to be able to chat with you and just talk about wow things what a wow moment we've captured it too so that's awesome absolutely
0: <laughs> guys you can see what the warmth of her you can see how the goodness comes out of her the goodness is only in you really seriously it's just a pleasure and i want to thank you so so much
1: <laughs> thank you so very very
0: much have an awesome day thank you or thank- even go sleeping. <laughs> yes, yes, it is, guys thank you so much and i'll catch you real soon on the next episode